The disruption caused by the coronavirus has been with us now for several days here in Virginia. But each day, there is new information that makes us realize we're in this for the long haul. They have to maintain 10 patrons or less in their establishments with adequate social distancing. COVID-19 is serious and we must act. There, there isn't a more pressing issue this decade, I think. The spread in communities continues. The death rate increases. I worry about our capacity in our hospitals. I'm Sean Tubbs, and it's the morning of March 24th as I record this installment of a show that seeks to document Charlottesville and Virginia's response to COVID-19. This time, we'll mostly hear from yesterday's briefing from Governor Ralph Northam, who announced that schools won't return to session this academic year. At the end of this show, you can find out how you might spend a bit of your time volunteering for a survey. Let's get going. The closing down of much of Virginia's economy continued yesterday as Governor Ralph Northam announced further restrictions in businesses and the closure of public schools through the end of the school year. The drastic measures are being taken to slow community spread. And today I signed Executive Order 53, effective at midnight tomorrow, to put additional restrictions on establishments that serve the public. Restaurants can remain open for carryout, curbside, and delivery service only. Theaters, massage parlors, barber shops, and fitness centers, and many others must close for the time being. But not all businesses are closed. Non-essential retail establishments can remain open if they allow 10 or fewer patrons and adhere to social distancing and increase sanitizing procedures. Essential services like grocery stores, health services, and businesses in our supply chain will remain open, but they must adhere to social distancing and increased sanitizing procedures. And gatherings of more than 10 are banned. These measures are in place for at least the next 30 days. Angela Navarro is the Deputy Secretary of Commerce. They have to maintain 10 patrons or less in their establishments with adequate social distancing. If they cannot do so, then those businesses also have to close. As expected, the numbers from the Virginia Department of Health rose yesterday to 254 confirmed cases out of 3,697 tests. Hospitalizations have risen to 38, and there are now six deaths. But these numbers are just a snapshot. The Thomas Jefferson Health District later that evening reported 11 cases in our area. That's up from 10 the day before. But again, these numbers don't reflect the possibility that many of us can already be infected. These numbers will unfortunately continue to rise. As I said yesterday, we are in this for months, not weeks. COVID-19 is serious and we must act. Unfortunately, the virus does not respect national borders or state borders. It is now everywhere, or it will be soon. That is what happens when a global pandemic hits a nation. With this pandemic, states have been left to figure out this on our own, and I am acting to protect Virginians. Northam said the goal is to slow the spread of COVID-19, which can lead to respiratory failure in some patients. We still don't know everything we need to know.
there continue to be concerns about whether our public and private health system has the capacity to handle an overload of cases. Major U.S. cities are currently beginning to follow the pattern that's been set in other parts of the world, where the number of hospitalizations began to rise slowly, but then increased sharply. The coronavirus spreads before symptoms begin to present themselves. At this point, any of us can carry it, and we have to assume that we are, and proceed with caution. After all, the schools are closed. That's about as drastic a step as I can imagine, and it's been taken. That's not happened in my lifetime, and this underscores the seriousness of this situation. But where does it leave those children who depend on going to school for a meal or for child care? I want to thank our superintendents, our teachers, and other school leaders who have been caring for the families in their schools during this crisis. They sacrifice every day in normal times, and they are providing a tremendous example today. I'm hearing stories about people doing reading lessons on YouTube, teachers calling parents just to check in, and volunteers showing up to help package food for our students. This is what it means to serve others, and I thank all of you for doing that. That doesn't mean that school is over for students. Divisions across the state will work out ways to continue education for the rest of the year. The Virginia Department of Education will issue guidelines later today to give direction. James Lane is Virginia's superintendent of public instruction. We will be issuing guidance on uh, how school divisions should be working with students to uh, ascertain whether they've completed the course. And in that guidance, we'll be offering uh, numerous options. But what about those students who depend on schools for more than just lessons? I understand that for many families, these closures present practical considerations of who will care for children during the day now that they are not in school. These questions are especially pressing for our essential workers, such as our doctors, nurses, and first responders, our grocery store workers. These people keep our communities functioning. So getting child care for these workers is crucial, and Northam said there needs to be an urgent public-private response. Today I'm calling on our local communities, private daycare providers, community child care partners, and public schools to rally together to provide child care for the young children and school-aged children of essential personnel. Our child care providers are also essential personnel. This will be a big emerging issue to add to all of the other big emerging issues. We can keep track of it all. We just have to keep paying attention and keep being observant. Let's wait for the details. And for now, imagine that some of the changes we can make can be for the good of others. We are moving into a period of sacrifice. Most of us have already begun to experience this. Many businesses are closed already because their owners have done the responsible thing. I thank them for the tremendous sacrifices they have made. There is more ahead and things are changing fast. Just last week, we announced one of the lowest unemployment rates in the country. Today, thousands, thousands of people are without work here in our Commonwealth. Since this began, 40,000 additional people have filed for unemployment insurance in Virginia, and the governor predicted that that number will go up. He said more people will experience anxiety and fear. We can expect to see more depression, alcoholism, and domestic violence. 
But the sooner we all take these necessary steps to slow the spread, the sooner we will all get through this. We all need to take care of each other from afar because social distancing is the only path forward. There have been many questions about who can apply for unemployment insurance at the moment. I urge anyone listening who is suddenly out of work to go straight to the Virginia Employment Commission's website. I'll put a link in the show notes. But here's Megan Healy, Northam's chief workforce advisor. Uh, the governor and uh, his team has been uh, working with the federal government about flexibility and how we give out funds. Currently, now we can give out anyone who we have payroll data on, but we know that independent contractors, gig workers, other folks are not in our uh, unemployment insurance. We're looking at different ways of flexibility to give them funds. So we have to work with the federal government for those. This is a transformative time, and we've all had time to reflect on many of these issues. It is stressful but I'm heartened to see so much of the community coming together to solve problems. I've barely had any time to keep up with the work that Support Seville is doing here. I've not had time to pursue stories of the meals being delivered for low-income families. There are so many good stories out there of people doing good things for each other in these tough times while we wait to see what happens. I know that the next several weeks, the next several months will be difficult. They will require everyone to change the way that we live and the way we interact with each other. We have not been called upon to sacrifice this in many, many years. But I am calling on you to do just that. We must put aside what we want and replace it with what we need. This will change every part of our life and all of the daily patterns that we're used to. It will require everyone to sacrifice. It will require all of us to live differently. One of those is a temporary ban on gatherings of more than 10 people. I heard yesterday that one of my co-workers canceled their wedding in May. That's a huge sacrifice and one that she and others are making. However, one reporter asked Northam what the state would do to enforce these new restrictions. We do have means of enforcing this. Uh, we're not out there to penalize people. We certainly are not out there to, to put people in jails, but, but we are working with our localities. One of the big issues that has already emerged is the shortage of medical equipment. Over the weekend, officials said they had heard the call for additional equipment, such as gowns, surgical gear, and personal protective equipment. Here's Dan Carey, Virginia's health secretary, with the update for March 23rd. Uh, thank you, Governor. Uh, we do not. Uh, we are distributing uh, that which we had gotten from the national uh, stockpile, and we continue those efforts on mobilizing, for example, respirators from non-medical industries that we had mentioned before. Uh, we are tracking down every lead. However, he had no major announcements, but there could be more later today or later this week. We'll be here. Increasingly, this COVID-19 emergency is presenting itself as a test of federalism. Many state agencies cannot act outside of federal guidelines. We conclude the section of Northam's briefing from something he said towards the end, off of his prepared remarks. We are essentially uh, fighting a biological war right now in this country. And, and uh, I expect uh, our president uh, and our leaders in, in Washington to... Uh, to uh, Except that that's the reality now and and to have guidance and also to give support to the states where we need it. And, and you know, we've talked about a lot of that, our ability to do testing, 
uh, our, our resources that, that we have at hospitals. So you, you could go on and on. But what has happened, as I mentioned uh, in my remarks, uh, we haven't received that guidance. And, and this is not unique to Virginia, but it's, it's, it uh, encompasses all of our states. We have had to take the lead and, and do what's in the best interest of our uh, constituents and our, our citizens. And so, you know, I hope uh, that the federal government uh, uh, continues to do the right thing and support us. But in the meantime, uh, I will do everything I can as the leader of Virginia to make sure that Virginians are safe uh, and to make sure that they're getting accurate and updated information. The times, they are a-changing. But the need for data about what citizens think is crucial at any point, maybe even more so during a crisis. The University of Virginia Center for Survey Research is seeking volunteers to be in the pool of people who are willing to take part in their surveys. Jane Foy is the community outreach liaison for Be Heard CVA, a center project that seeks to find participants for their work. Be Heard was launched last year um, as the state's only regional survey panel. Um, the idea being that if you get people to enroll as a member of the survey panel um, as a volunteer and they're sort of on call for whenever you do a survey, it's far more cost efficient, um, especially uh, labor costs, to have a survey panel that's up and ready to go. The form to sign up is in the show notes for this episode. You have to be over the age of 18 and be a resident of one of the counties in the Thomas Jefferson Planning District. Already, the Center for Survey Research is putting together questions for a survey about the COVID-19 crisis. And if you join now, you can be part of the panel. There, there isn't a more pressing issue this decade, I think, than the coronavirus. And then I thought, I hate for people who haven't enrolled yet not to be able to enroll because this is such a, an important subject. I just, I mean, there isn't anybody in Central Virginia that doesn't have an interest in or an opinion about the uh, coronavirus and how the, the all governments and um, are dealing with it and how we're handling it, how our lives are changing because of it. I mean, obviously, it is it just affects every single one of us. There's been a lot to take in so far, and there's a lot more coming. More tomorrow. I'm Sean Tubbs, and thanks for listening.